world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it going to lead off with a teaser okay first things first so ladies and gentlemen huge supreme court hearing on wednesday i listened to the entire two hours i read the transcripts i marked up the transcripts we're going to be discussing that if you've never tuned into the show before this is the show you want to listen to you want to pass it with friends and family because it's it's critical because we're we're so close to getting concealed carry in seven states, New Jersey and New York being paramount there. And I'm going to end the show with this. And I also want to apologize. I got a ton of emails, commentary, everything, articles, safety, learning. I don't know how much I'm going to get to today. Whatever I don't will carry over into next week. So I want to go into this in order. And I really want to close with the Supreme Court because I got input from a lot of the legal eagles um, in New Jersey, Dan Schmutter, Scott Bach, Evan Knappen, Dave Capel, and a few other people. So the first thing I want to talk about is a truck driver in South Jersey in District 3 applied for his concealed carry permit, was denied the concealed carry permit, registered for $153, spent about another $9,000 mostly in Dunkin' Donuts for his volunteers, and hit the streets, and he ran for a New Jersey state senator, and he beat Senate President Steve Sweeney by almost 3,000 votes. <laughs> now, the last Senate election that Sweeney was in, he was being attacked by the teachers' union because he wanted to raise their deductible on their health insurance from zero to $5 or something. Mm. So he had to spend $21 million dollars to beat the person the teachers union put up against him. It was the most money ever spent in the history of the United States for a state Senate seat. So think about this, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Sweeney, his campaign spent $21 million for a $35,000 a year part-time job. Yeah, no graph on that. Because the dental plan or something. Right, yeah, something so like good. So good. In, yeah. yeah, in the state of New Jersey. So this time... The, the lunches at the Capitol building are so good. <laughs> so this time, Sweeney brushed this, this challenger off. And he slipped in under the radar, and he beat Sweeney. And now Sweeney, who was the longest on record Senate president in New Jersey over 20 years, has to clean out his desk. Yeah. Which also has a double-edged sword because Sweeney hated Murphy. Yeah. And right. Sweeney held a lot of bills from going into the governor's desk to be signed. Now we don't know who's going to be going that spot. Right. All right. So we could, could end up cutting off our nose to spite our face in the next four years. But I want to congratulate uh, Ed Durr. But I said to Richie, I said another reason why that he won and the biggest reason, I believe, and this is something we're going to talk about, is he was so under the wire that the pollsters and the legacy media did not attack him. Yeah. And that's how he won. They will because now. They, they will now. Because if they thought that he caused, would cause a formidable challenge to Sweeney, mm. they would have creamed him. Yeah. Because the media only works for one side. That's and the right. pollsters only work for one side. Did you ever notice when the media or the pollsters make a mistake, it's never in the favor of a conservative? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly it's, right. Did you ever, did you yeah. ever notice that? <laughs> they never attack a Democrat by accident. Yeah. I, I mean, they never. So here, here's this this pollster, this jackass from New Jersey pollster. I blew it. Maybe it's time to get rid of election polls. Now we're, <laughs> we're, we're correct. This is a guy who makes his living. His name is Patrick Murray, by the way, and he works for the Monmouth University poll. Oh, yeah. Great. So this guy, here's what happens all the time, ladies and gentlemen. And I said this last week. So a lot of you don't know right now, Murphy is ahead over Jack Cittarelli by 1.6%, under 5,000 votes. Cittarelli is raising money to demand a certified recall. Well, not a certified recall, certified recount. 
Okay, they want to recount the ballots, but it doesn't matter. Every time you count it, just like with Trump, Murphy is going to win because the people that count the votes want Murphy in. Right. But here's the deal. The pollsters up until election night were saying that Chitterelli was trailing Murphy by 11 points. The reason they do that is to get people to stay home. Right. You say, ah, it's going to be a landslide. Murphy's going to win again. Chitterelli doesn't have a chance. I'm going to stay home. The pollsters and the media work hand in hand yep. with the socialists and the progressives on the road to serfdom, the road to communism, and they cook the books. Listen, Murphy beat Kim Godano four years ago by 18 points. Yeah. Jack Chitterelli, I was telling everybody if the Mammoth poll was saying it was 11%, it was probably like 3%. Yeah. I'm on record. I have tons of my employees and customers here that I said that. And look what happened, Sandy. Less than 2% difference with cheating. Right. All right. If with you the remove cheating. the cheating, yeah. it's probably either yeah. neck and neck or Jack probably won by a point or two. So this jackass, Patrick Murray, is apologizing. And since he got caught with his pants down, he's basically saying, well, maybe we should get rid of polls. <laughs> yeah, it's just never stops. He said something here. Here, while pundits and media are hardwired to obsess on margins, we pollsters bear some responsibility, too. <laughs> really? <laughs> you bear some responsibility. You do this because you want to deepen the gap between the two candidates. You do this because you lie, because you want your candidate to win. Right. It's all about perception, okay? Right. You're, it's all a farce. You're a liar. You're, you are not a statistician or whatever you call it. You're doing this because you're a democratic operative. Right. All right, yeah, resign in shame, all right? Go make horseshoes or something like that. But get the hell out of this business because you all suck. So Murphy is going to win. It looks like he's going to win. And the one thing you can't ever slight Murphy for is everything he says he's going to do, he did. Yeah. When right. he was running, he says, no, I'm going to give right. your shit away to illegals. That's right. I am going to make it fair in New Jersey by taking money from you hardworking taxpayers, and I'm going to redistribute it. And if you don't like it, if this, this isn't your state. Right. He told you straight out. He did. If you don't like it, this is not your state. Move to another state. That's and guess what? 1.1 million people are okay with that, all right? right. The next thing he's going to probably say is if fair elections are your issue, right. New Jersey is probably not, not your state. Never really has been, yeah. <laughs> so, so here we are. We're screwed. He's going to be back. Now, Jack is obviously trying to get back in. My buddy Andy O'Shea, he wrote, uh, hello, mate. Hope all is well and greetings from the rubble known as Paris. Ugh, I've been there. Uh, so uh, not good news on Murphy, but the silver lining is to imagine his face when he is handed a positive ruling on concealed carry by SCOTUS next year. This will dent his toothy smile. <laughs> Hang tough, Andy. Andy, I appreciate that. Yes, it's, <clears throat> it's pretty crappy where we are right now. Um, you know, Chitterelli um, ran a good fight. Think about this, though, Sandy. There's like a 3,000 uh, vote gap. And the Green Party, the Libertarian Party, and the Pastafarian Party garnered almost 20,000 votes. <laughs> okay. That's incredible. And I listen, I'm a Libertarian at heart, ladies and gentlemen, but we all know if you vote at the Libertarian Party, you've just given a vote to the Democratic Party. Do you, do you agree? Oh, yeah. In um, New Jersey? Sure. In New Jersey. I, I, I have to say that. And then I'm going to get... Excuse me. I'm going to get beat up uh, by uh, people for saying that. Of course. You know, because I didn't support the Libertarian Party or I didn't support this or I didn't support that. But <clears throat> listen, we're doomed here in New Jersey. So you're going to see more people with the mass exodus uh, leaving this state because now what you don't realize you've unleashed is Murphy had to restrain much of his socialist New World Order leanings because he knew he had to have a re-election in four right. years. Yeah, now he right. has nothing. Yep. So the next four years, he can do whatever he wants. He has aspirations of running for president. So for him to run for president in the bubble he lives in, he has to cater to the media and the pollsters and the elites and the leftists. So guess who is going to suffer for all of this? 
Like we always do. The hardworking, law-abiding, tax-paying citizens. He could give a shit about us, the third tier. We're in his way. So everybody better be prepared. Brace yourself. I know a lot of people turned out for this election. I didn't see the, the final results, but... You know, Project Veritas has videos coming out. A lot of stuff went on. There's obviously shenanigans. There was a 30,000 vote uh, dump 3 o'clock in the morning out of Bergen County. And, of course, all the uh, welfare counties are always last to, to report because before they count the votes, they're like, how many do we need for a win? Right. We need 16,000. Oh, shit, look, we counted 16,854 votes. That's right. Yay, what a coincidence. (laughs) Again, just like pollsters in the media, do they ever, ever make a mistake the other way? No, never. Every time there was a voting booth problem during the presidential election with Trump, the last presidential election cycle, every mistake that was uncovered was in favor of the Democrats. Same this time, man. I told you what happened at our poll. They somehow merged two very uh, liberal neighboring town districts in with our polling place. And our district <clears throat> was the mm-hmm. only district whose machines did not work. Everybody mm-hmm. else could vote on the, you know, the, the other two districts that were there were coming and going and coming and going. And so many people uh, left. They had to go, you know, I was there at, you know, six or whenever the polls open like six o'clock they couldn't even you couldn't cast a vote until after nine o'clock in the morning when most wow. of the people had to go to work wow listen to this gary allison sent me an email uh get john salmons <clears throat> won the gloucester county sheriff's race and he just wanted to say thank you we were plugging for uh john salmons yeah. and uh and uh, uh mr Durr the uh, the entire time um on every radio show every week and People reached out to me, and, uh, you know, um, so it's nice that John Salmon's won. He was supported by Bob's Little Sports Shop uh, down in Vineland and everything, and Gary Allison and all of those guys really went to bat for him, which I, which I think is great. Again, now they'll be digging stuff on, on him. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. Because we have to. Uh, this is how it works. The media is scrambling and, and want to see how they can smash – these people that they uh, perceive as a threat. So the next, uh, the, how much time do we have left, Sandy? Oh, we've got uh, we've got time. We got about ten minutes. Okay, good because I want the second segment to be all Supreme Court. So Dr. Uh, Jerry Optoff sent me a, an email, and he wanted us to know that November is National Men Men's Mental Health Awareness Month, mm. and uh, some of the tips, you know. Um, to sink your teeth into is pay attention to changes in your physical, mental, and emotional health. Trust your gut. Avoid unhealthy coping strategies, and if something doesn't feel right, don't ignore it. Like if you're starting to drink more than normal or drink where you never drank before, right? Yeah. Explore support options that are in your comfort zone, either virtual or in person. Be aware of your own stigmas and prejudices. Uh, Know the five signs of emotional suffering and trust your instinct to reach out when you uh, need to. Practice healthy habits of emotional well-being to empower your own resiliency. Ask ask for support. It's a sign of strength. There is power in numbers, right? Handling something alone is not the way uh, to do it, you know? And uh, be caring for yourself. You are strengthened to to care for others. Uh, Accept help and listen to others when they share their concern for you. You know, 49% of men feel depressed, feel more depressed than they admit uh, to the people in their life. And about six of every 10 men experience at least one trauma in their lives, okay? Uh, so I think it's, you know, one in 10 men. In that case, we're above average. And anxiety. Yeah, depression <laughs> and anxiety. And I want to just thank the doc for that uh, public service <clears throat> announcement. My buddy Giorgio, he just introduced uh, two new people to shooting. Basically, each one reach one, converting anti gunners, especially after Murphy uh, won again. And uh, Marty from Marty's V-Burger wants to know if he can leave the country and come back <laughs> illegally without a passport and get his $450,000. Minimum, uh, buddy. Not going to work that way. And Joe Peluso, who's an over-the-road trucker now, 
He is living. He's currently in New Mexico, hoping he doesn't get accidentally shot by an inept Hollywood film crew. <laughs> wondering why there there always seems to be some high profile media frenzied event with a firearm right before pro gun case or legislation hit the highest pinnacles of government. And then he called himself a sexy bastard. We love you, Joe. You know it's funny the uh, <clears throat> the gun wrangler uh, for the. The movie Rust with Alec Baldwin said that uh, someone uh, must have put a bullet in that gun. Well, I someone? got news. I got news for her. That was her job. Right. Okay. That was her job. Yeah. I know what it's like. Hannah, uh, you did not keep the guns locked up. You did not keep the guns 24-7. Um, I believe she them. was with them when they were target shooting. They were. Yeah, she was with them, and the three guns were on a cart, and she should have handed that gun to the uh, assistant cameraman or producer or whatever the hell it was. Right. She should have handed that gun. It should have been checked. It should have been cleared physically and visually. Uh, and it should have been said out loud, the status of that gun. But it wasn't, and somebody is dead, and somebody was injured. And, of course, it's nobody's fault. But no, Alec Baldwin, no. he doesn't mind. He's in Vermont shopping his ass off right yeah, now. Yeah, right. Enjoying okay, himself. He's yeah. shopping his ass off. Mm. My buddy Stephen Shorter from Across the Pond mm -hmm. sent me this link with all of the personal guns, uh, the personal armory that was owned by Winston Churchill. Oh, wow. Which was really cool. I read it like three times. And if anybody wants the link, reach out to me and I'll send it to you. And Stephen, I just want to say I hope everything is working out for you. I know COVID dealt you a huge, uh, huge yeah. uh, break and, and, and that really sucks. Uh, you know, uh, New Jersey, <laughs> by the way, they just had a bust and uh, they got a gang. Uh, had eight, 800 rounds of magazine, uh, 800 rounds of ammo and six guns. It was 12 people they busted. You know what's funny? Um, 800 rounds of ammo eight, and six guns? Yeah, it was actually mm. 15 people total that they busted, uh, ranging from age 18 to 60. And uh, by the way, they're all out again. They're, they're, all, they're all out. They all got arrested and charged, and they all got released. And a bunch of the guns were community guns. We talk about, How many oh, times have yeah. we talked about community guns? Yeah, uh, like ever. So... <laughs> Listen to this. Uh, I had a great article was written by John Robleski, who's a Gun for Hire alumni, and talking about uh, they printed this on Tap into Sparta about how New Jersey gun laws are county uh, counterproductive, and about how it's almost impossible to get a gun, which is going to lead right into my whole Supreme Court thing when I get into it. But I wanted to thank John for you know getting an article published that's pro gun in the state of New Jersey is not easy. It's not easy at all. A quick learning segment for you youngsters out there. If you're going to carjack a car, <laughs> make sure you know how to drive stick shift. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Three teens in yes. Pleasantville. I don't even know where Pleasantville Just is. Just outside of Atlantic City. Okay, three teens in Pleasantville jumped in an Uber delivery, like a food delivery guy's car. <laughs> you know, a 40-year-old guy left his car running to really run to a house. They jumped in, and this is all they heard as the getaway of the car was going. The car undulating up and down the street. The police came to the scene. They were taken into custody, brought to juvenile detention center, and, of course, they were released to their parents within minutes. But if you're going to steal a car, <laughs> you probably should how learn ridiculous. how to use that third pedal. Yep, absolutely. Okay, yeah. I just what think they it's, thought it was for. It's probably a good idea. <laughs> you know, I, I want everybody to read my book and buy my book. And my book is available on Kindle, Amazon, and CrimeProofBook.com. But here's a sad story. Uh, a pharmaceutical exec, Sandy, uh, in Plainsboro, New Jersey, went to a Pennsylvania casino, mm. and he won like $20,000. And they shouldn't have followed him home at 3.30 a.m., approached him at his house, shot him and killed him while his wife and kids yeah. were sleeping, and stole the money from him. You know, there's a lot to be said about situational awareness and normalcy bias, and it's all covered in crime proof. Think like a criminal and beat them at their own game. I am not saying that this gentleman would be alive today if he had read my book, but I think he probably would have been alive today if he was more aware of his situation. Yeah. Uh, they, they caught this guy red-handed because uh, they saw him following him in the casino, following him out of the casino, uh, different cameras got him, neighborhood cameras got him, followed him right into the driveway. We haven't heard all the results yet. I, I wouldn't doubt if he followed him right into the garage or something, but 
and I'm hoping to get more info on this, but you have to be hyper vigilant and hyper aware. You have to go through life and condition uh, yellow 24 seven, especially you just want a large sum of cash. You know, you didn't see this guy's face five or 10 times right. during the entire night. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. You know, I, I don't get it. So I'm going to lead in a little bit about uh, the Supreme Court now. And I want I want I've got a couple of quotes from friends and family. It was two hours. And we had Paul Clement, who's be, been before the Supreme Court like five times already. And then we have the, the deputy general or whatever they call her solicitor general. I said it wrong in my lead in in this, uh, which was she was a blithering idiot. And then, of course, because our our president doesn't want us to have guns. You know, Biden, the one that always says he uh, supports the Second Amendment. Mm, but he sent a lawyer there to argue that this case should not be granted our way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he 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 sent that, you know, because that's important um, that, you know, they should take our rights away. Yeah, of course. Well, they, they need to do that. Correct. And, you know, uh, so one of my things is I want to ask is with this with the with the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. When our founders and the framers of the Constitution write it, wrote it, do you think they put geographical restrictions on our rights? Uh, I don't think so. So basically, the the state of New York was arguing that there should be geographical restrictions. So inner city, densely populated, high crime areas, we should not carry a gun. No, because you should be unarmed. Open spaces in the middle of a desert, you can be armed. So if you have to shoot a scorpion. Yeah, yeah, right. So the argument was basically that, so of course, there's some good commentary here. I'm going to go over it in detail, but... So geographical restrictions. So you could yell fire. Well, I, I did in my teaser. I could say F.U. Murphy in South Jersey, but I can't say F.U. Murphy in North Jersey. Right. I or, guess that's how that works, right? You can read a Bible on 4th Street, but not on 3rd Street. All oh, right. You went to religion route. See, I was thinking of freedom of speech. It's uh, but you're absolutely thing, right. It? Religion, yeah. right. So Jay Factor wrote one thing. He goes, the video I saw had excellent questions by Roberts. By the way, Roberts was quite surprising. And Roberts wrote, what good is the right to arm self-defense in the woods? Are there a lot of criminals attacking people in the woods? Wouldn't it be better to utilize this right in a city where the criminals are doing the attacking? And, of course, Breyer posed that we will not produce gun-related chaos. Question. It's New York, Breyer. There are 40 to 50 other states that already have lawful carry, and there is no chaos. What a terribly myopic view of, of, of the justice. It's so true. It, it uh, absolutely is. So Breyer is probably going to write the dissent, in my opinion. I'm, you guys can write this down right now. Thomas is going to write the majority, and uh, we're going to get 6-3 or 7-2 because Kagan was asking very good questions, by the way. Sotomayor and Breyer are going to be out, and Breyer's going to write the dissent. This is me, so you guys can listen to this if you think I'm, I'm right or not. But uh, this is what I think is going to, going to happen. And, uh, you know, it's funny how they, they talk about this rights, like, you know, how the rights should be different in different cities, and it doesn't really work that way. You, you know what I mean? Um, we have the rights all 50 states they should fall under is what I think. But it was interesting to hear them talking. And again, I, I, I took I print the whole 182 pages out and I highlighted some tidbits, which I'm going to go over in detail. But Robert surprised me. Thomas, I knew I knew Thomas was in our corner. Alito was a rock star. Uh, Gorsuch was remote. He asked some really good questions. Kavanaugh asked some good questions. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett, I'm kind of 50 50 on her. Uh, Kagan made First Amendment to Second Amendment analogies basically, uh, which I thought was phenomenal. It was in our favor, by the way. Uh, so so when, I, when I, you know, dissecting all of this together, and, you know, I posted on all the social media, and you can, you can just Google this. It's the Gatano case, uh, or Bruin case, or, and you can Google it, and you can get the info. But we had Paul Clement, who is uh, on our side, and he's a rock star. It's like his fourth or fifth time before the U.S. Supreme Court. And then we had Barbara Underwood. Uh, she was the one that was, um, she's the general for, uh, solicitor general for New York uh, State. And she was really, really, really sloppy. 
And then Brian Fletcher was for United States. Uh, that's Biden sent him there to, to unsurp our rights, um, which is uh, another thing. He shouldn't even be getting involved in this case. The federal government should, in my opinion. I'm not a lawyer, and I could be out of line, and Dan Schmutter or somebody will send me an email, but why did they have to get involved with this state case? Why did the federal government have to step in? Right. Uh, because we know deep down, I believe in the Second Amendment, but, but <laughs> use a shotgun. Just shoot right, it through the shoot. door. I say, Jill, just shoot me through the door. There's a rumor that he pooped his pants in a Vatican. Uh, yeah, I heard that. I don't know if it's true, yeah. but uh, again, you know, supply chain shortages, you think they're bad right now? Wait until this vaccine mandate kicks in January 4th, where any company over 100 people has to have everybody fully vaccinated. You know how many truckers and shit we're going to lose? You know how many dock workers truckers, we're going dock to lose? Truckers, workers, everybody. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. going to be you great. You think we got problems in this country now? Wait. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so. Well, we got to take a little bit of perfect a Perfect timing. Yeah, perfect. perfect timing. I'm going to do some uh, uh, housekeeping and go right into my dissertation. Sweet. Shots that people are getting now cover that. They're, they're, you're okay. You're not gonna, you're not gonna get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Somebody gotta do it. Hey, let's go, Brandon. I keep a drum like Dominic Cannon. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. Pandemic ain't real. They just planted. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. When you ask questions, they start banning. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. I keep a drum like Dominic Cannon. Let's go, Brandon. Pandemic ain't real, they just planned it. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. You ask questions, they start banning. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Hey, hey. Biden said the jab stopped the spread, it was lies. I remember how you roll, but you haven't opened your eyes. These politicians are demons just in disguise. Look at Kyrie Irving and Nicki Minaj. Look at Australia, that's what's coming next if we don't stand up. Stop complying with them, taking our rights, it's time to man up. Republicans voting for red back laws, that's just what I can't trust. If you ask what's about the facts, then they gonna ban us. Hey, this is about control, everybody knows, everyone complies. Where the kinds of pros, I don't need a plane, I just hit the road, I do what I want. I can't sell my soul, market about the crash, this is what you chose. Ruining the country, I've been best to go, you gon' take the mark. I take never rolls, I'm a man of God, I can never Let's fold. Let's go, Brandon, I keep like I'm Nick Cannon, hey, hey, let's go Brandon, pandemic ain't real, they just planted, hey, hey, let's go Brandon, when you ask questions, they start banning, hey, hey, let's go Brandon, hey, hey, let's go Brandon, hey, hey, let's go Brandon, I keep a drum like I'm Nick Cannon, hey, hey, let's go Brandon, pandemic ain't real, they just planted, hey, hey, let's go Brandon, you ask questions, they start banning, hey, hey, let's go Brandon, hey, hey, let's go Brandon, hey, hey, let's go Brandon, and it's clear that man a wreck, Let's go, Brandon, now the Taliban a threat. Hey, you planted now the Taliban is standing on our neck. Chanting death to America, you are belly president. Listen, I don't think you here, man. Let me make it clear, man. Better keep your hands into yourself, that stuff is weird, man. I wish I could take you in the back place, smear the queer, man. You could take the vax, I fear God. I don't fear, man. I'm on gear 10, believe me, we ready to rumble. The only play the joke can execute. Is a fumble. I think we all know he's out to lunch. That dude went camping. I'm a Christian, so how do I say this? Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I keep a drum like I'm Nick Cannon. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. Pandemic ain't real, they just planted. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. When you ask questions, they start banning. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. Hey, hey, let's go, Brandon. We know he capping. Patriots out in the street taking action. Hunting us down for speaking the truth. Peek on the pedal to save all the youth. Media lying, ignore all the crying. They build them back better, but only the Taliban pilots on strike. But to Joe, it's irrelevant. Open the border, lose all the order. Divide us up so they know that we never went, but we're united. We're here in the stadiums. Everyone chanting it, seeing it slandering. Biden collapsing and Democrats stealing it. Hey, we look at Joe. Can we get a refund? How about some mean tweets? Joe is a crook and he knows how to deceive. FJB is a motto in these streets. Let's go, Brandon. Sing Let's it with me. Brandon. I keep a drum like I'm Nick Cannon. Hey, hey. Let's go, Brandon. Pandemic ain't real. They just planted. Hey, hey. Let's go, Brandon. You ask questions, they start banning. Hey, hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey, hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey, hey. Hey, we are back. 
So Marty's V-Burger, martysvburger.com. If you can't get into the city, go to uh, martysvburger.com and order, and you can pick it up at Freakin' Vegans in Prospect Park on Freakin' Fridays. U.S. Law Shield is going to be having an event, I believe, in December. I think it's what Evan Knappen. More details to follow. Get ready for that. Buy John Petrolino's book, Decoding Firearms, Kindle, Amazon, and available at the Gun for a Hire Pro Shop. Don't forget to listen to Evan Knappen at the Gun Lawyer uh, podcast. You will love it. Support those who support you. Quarantine Crawl. I went to Sender Smoke Joint the other night in Teaneck, and I had delicious, oh, my God, smoked meat. I also went to the Avenue Pizza in Bloomfield, Tommy Accomando's place, formerly Casa de Pizza. Phenomenal menu there. 350 Pro 2A businesses. It is our chamber of, excuse me, commerce. The new range is open. I don't know why you haven't gotten here yet. We have 15 ports members only. The 50-yard range is now members only. I have a 2,200-square-foot surprise coming very soon, ladies and gentlemen. 2,200-square-foot <laughs> surprise. We are open every day but Christmas Day and Thanksgiving, and I want you to come down and check it out. Why go anywhere else and there's no more weight? We have 44 Ports, four ranges, 44 ports, 220 parking spaces. You got to come down and check it out. Now, a couple of articles. Uh, Politico came out with an article where it says <laughs> Supreme Court appears likely to, to void New York's gun permit law. So for you new people listening who tuned in this week because you want concealed carry in New York or New Jersey, this is the case. This case is going to be decided by the U.S. Supreme Court, and if they say after Heller and McDonald that the Second Amendment applies to carrying a gun outside your home, you will get the right to carry. It will spur other lawsuits, what training is required, where it's excluded, like you can't go to a Giants game or you can't go to a bar or whatever, whatever else it may be. But this is the case and uh, so Politico went went through this went through this whole dissertation, which I thought was really good. Red State also wrote an extremely great article. They wrote Supreme Court conservatives maul New York's restrictive concealed carry law in first major Second Amendment case in over a decade. They got mauled, Sandy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they got mauled. And then what else? Gun control experts, et cetera, et cetera. So let me talk a little bit. So right in the opening, uh, Clement says, you know, the history is so clear that New York no longer contests that carrying a handgun outside of the home for purpose of self-defense is a constitutionally protected activity. But that concession dooms New York's law, which makes it a crime for a typical law-abiding New Yorker to exercise that constitutional right. New York likens his law to a restriction on weapons in sensitive places, but the difference between a sensitive place law and New York's regime is fundamental. It is the difference between regulating constitutionally protected activity and attempting to convert a fundamental constitutional right into a privilege that can only be enjoyed by those who can demonstrate to the satisfaction of a government official that they have an atypical need for the exercise of that right. So just like in New Jersey, a cop can decide if you can exercise your constitutional right, right or not. Right. If the cop decides yes, then the police chief gets to decide yes or no. And if the police chief decides yes, then a prosecutor gets to decide yes or no. And then if the prosecutor decides yes, then a superior court judge gets to decide yes or no. So four people touch us in New Jersey that decide whether or not we can exercise a constitutional right that 43 to 44 other states enjoy on a daily basis. Right. Four people, three that are basically employees of the state and one who's a judge get to decide our fate. And we all know how that goes in New Jersey. There is less than a thousand carry permits in New Jersey in a state where there's over 9 million people. So continuing on, Justice Breyer, you think that in New York City, people should have considerable freedom to carry concealed weapons? 
I think that people of good moral, moral character who start drinking a lot, who may be there for a football game or some kind of soccer game, can get pretty angry at each other. And if they each have a concealed weapon, who knows? And there are plenty of statistics in these briefs that show that some people who do know and a lot of people end up dead, okay? So what are we supposed to do? To sort of float around like with NYU and say, hey, ho, this is the rule. It seems to work out in upstate New York. We don't know, of course. And we do know that your client is carrying a concealed weapon because he has a right to in some instances. So Mr. Clement says, so Justice Breyer, I would sort of point you to two things that maybe would give you some comfort. I mean, one is that the experience of 43 other states and their amicus briefs on both sides getting into the empirical evidence. But there really isn't the case that those 43 states that include very large cities like Phoenix, Houston, and Chicago, they have not had demonstrably worse problems than we have in the five or six states that are restricting those rights. No response from Breyer at that point. Womp, womp, womp. Sotomayor talked to Mr. Clement, and he said, at the end of the day, I think what it means is to give somebody constitutional right is that they don't have to satisfy government officials that they have a really good need to exercise it or they face atypical risks. That's Clement talking to Sotomayor because she was questioning it about what kind of restrictions we could have. Yeah. So this was Gorsuch. He wrote... Um, um, he wrote, great. Some of your amici have asked us to provide further guidance to lower courts. This is very important, ladies and gentlemen, to provide further guidance to lower courts in cases beyond your own. And so putting aside your case for the moment, they've pointed out that some lower courts have refused to apply the history test, for example, and said they will not extend Heller outside the home until the court does. Other courts have applied intermediate scrutiny and variations of that. Some have suggested that strict scrutiny would be appropriate to treat this right comparably to other rights under our modern tiers of scrutiny. Guys and girls, this is very important. This is on page 46 because our 10-round magazine case is being held by the Supreme Court right now. Because if the Supreme Court rules this case under strict scrutiny, they're going to send all of those 2A cases back down to their lower courts and say you have to apply strict scrutiny to these cases. The ripple effect of this case post Heller and McDonald 12 years ago is long lasting. Okay, longer than you can imagine. It could be another 20 years before another 2A challenge comes up again. So right now, courts have been using loose scrutiny and intermediate scrutiny and saying, well, you can and you can't. Basically writing legislation and not following the court's judicial rulings. Yeah. This is important. Yep. Okay. So they also talk about the statue of Northampton. J Factor would love that. Yeah, right. All right. And I think it's it's very important. So Kavanaugh steps in and says, First, I want to make sure I understand your main problem here with this permitting regime. As I understand it, it is the discretion that's involved with the permitting officials. And your point that that's just not how we do constitutional rights, where we allow basic blanket discretion to grant or deny something for all sorts of reasons. But I understand you would not object or you do not object to the regimes that are used in many of the other states, the shell issue regimes. I mean, there could be particular problems with those, but I do not understand you to object the two shell issue regimes is that is correct and he wrote that's accurate because you have laws where you can't take a gun where they serve alcohol or you can't like you know private property right, they could right. have a sign no gun in you know caldors or whatever caldors yeah. i just dated myself right but <laughs> so clement said he doesn't have a problem with that so i know where kavanaugh is going with this kavanaugh is basically saying we should grant this right and then let the states right restrictions which again new jersey and new york we're going to end up right back before the supreme court but still closest we've ever been now it's going to be up to the individuals anti-gun states to fight us instead of us fighting them yeah right so you know and and then he wrote new york purports to have effectively a shell issue regime with respect to hunting you know they say well we give carry permits for hunting we give gun permits for hunting but it's bullshit okay it's not where it's 100 percent accurate because it's not allowing people 
uh, to grant the right to carry in in the city and stuff. So again, yeah, exactly. I mean, w- w- when do we? You know, uh, of course we're. You go out into the woods. When when I'm in the woods, uh, I'm alerted for bear uh, and <laughs> things that can hurt me. But I don't usually see them. But if I am walking with my wife through Newark or Camden or Trenton or New York City. I have to have my head on a beacon swivel in order to be able to <laughs> figure out when I'm going, who is going to attack me and when. And, and they really get into that. And so check this out. So Kavanaugh circles back. And last question, following up on Justice Gorsuch's question, he points out some courts have used intermediate scrutiny or strict, strict scrutiny. You know, those are balancing tests. I think Professor Alicia Zemeckis' brief is very helpful on that. There's well-developed law in this area, but it would be no surprise to you. I have concern that what just be, would just be a balancing test that we would leave if we make it under intermediate scrutiny. So Kavanaugh is leaning towards strict scrutiny because just like Thomas has been saying for years, we have to stop treating the Second Amendment as a Second Amendment right, a, a second, second class, class right. right yeah. Okay, we have to stop okay. it right now. And 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 he, it looks like they're leaning towards six, strict scrutiny. So hopefully Thomas is writing the majority right, right. now for yeah. us. So here goes Thomas. Thomas is going after the uh, the general now, Underwood, who was very loose. And he wrote, General Underwood, you seem to rely a bit on the density of the population. You say, I think, that states like New York have high-density areas. And implicit in that is that the more rural an area is, the more unnecessary a strict rule is. So when you are when you suggest that, how rural does the area have to be <laughs> before your restrictions shouldn't apply? Crazy. She was like, uh, 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 well, I think well, I think the New York statute uh, uh, is consistent with a reasonable rule, which is that there's not a cutoff. There's not a number at which things change, but that licenses, unrestricted licenses are much more readily available in more uh, uh, in less densely populated upstate counties than they are in dense uh, populated areas, and that in, is a virtue of the system of having licensing handled by licensing officers who are part of the local community and take the density of population into account. Okay, so she's saying the cops should have the decision over us on whether or not we can exercise our Second Amendment right. I mean, she stuttered and stammered. Okay, yeah, and then Thomas comes, uh, Thomas. Does a, um, you know, what do they do when they used to tap each other in? He taps out and he taps in, believe it or not, Roberts. And Roberts, he's like, uh, he goes, uh, you mentioned that the gun, I guess, permits are uh, more readily available in less populated area. And uh, she, she wrote, yes, they are more readily available in less populated areas. And Roberts wrote, well, now Heller relied on the right to defense as a basis for its reading of the Second Amendment. And I would think that arises in more populated areas. If you're out in the woods, presumably, it's pretty unlikely that you're going to run into someone who's going to rob you on the street. On the other hand, there are places in densely populated city where it's more likely that that's where you're going to need a gun for self-defense. You know, however many policemen are assigned that you know, there are high crime areas. And it seems to me that you're just saying that it's probably the last place that someone is going to get a permit to carry a gun. How is that? Regardless of what we think of the policy of that, how is that consistent with Heller's reasoning that the reason the Second Amendment applies, a direct personal right, is for self-defense? Dude, the stammering started again. (laughs) All right? She did not know how to answer this. And then Justice, he got back into her. He goes, um, he wrote that, well, but... That's not always true. It depends, obviously, in the jurisdiction and all, but simply because a place is, well, you know, it's paradoxical that you say a place is a high crime area, but don't worry about it because there are a lot of police. You know, she's saying, well, there's a lot of police. And then they talked about the Giants uh, stadium thing. And he wrote, well, on the other hand, is the purpose of the Second Amendment is to allow people to protect themselves. 
That's implicated when you're in a high crime area. It's not implicated when you're out in the woods. When you're out in the woods, it's a different set of problems. Right. And she wrote, but uh, this is her, Underwood. I don't know, but I will tell you that our licensing officer told us that rapes and uh, robberies happen on the deserted bike paths. And that has some, con we have some concern <laughs> about that. So you could get a carry permit for a deserted bike path. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> Rapes and robberies only happen on deserted bike paths. So, so he, so she wrote. So, I mean, I take your point that there is different risk in the city, but there is also different public safety consideration, and that is why the licensing offer is servicer is meant to take into account not just the risk, but also the population and the availability of law enforcement in all these circumstances. You want to talk about reaching? The police are. And, and how many times have we got to say this? And how much precedent has to be? logged in the fact that the, the the police are not there to protect or prevent crime they're there to investigate the crime after it happens so wait roberts is not done with her i was floored i was listening to this live i had headphones on tracy's watching me she thought i was having a stroke <laughs> chief justice roberts well, if it's if it's one of these, you know, crime waves, whether it's, you know, a celebrated spate of murders carried out by a particular person, I don't know who that is, you know, the son of Sam or any somebody else, is that a good reason, uh, what a typical reason is that justification. Some random person going around shooting places, I'd like to have a firearm, even though I didn't feel I had a need for one before. This is Chief Justice Thomas saying that if there was a crime wave going on, he would like to have a firearm. Mm. And Mr. Uh, Miss Underwood, da, 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 she's <laughs> slammering, right? <laughs> Luckily for her, Kavanaugh didn't have any problem, uh, any questions, but Roberts was tapped out by Alito, and this is where it gets bad. He goes, could I explore what it means for law-abiding uh, citizens who feel they have a need to carry? Mrs. Underwood, she wrote, uh, 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 because the court right to self-defense doesn't, as this court said, doesn't allow for all to be armed for all possible confrontations at all purposes. And Alito said, no, it doesn't. But does it mean that there is a right to self-defense for celebrities and judges and retired police officers, mm. but pretty much not for the kind of ordinary people who have wow. a real felt need to carry a gun to protect themselves? Wow. Wow. Alito for the effing win. Oh, my goodness. That's he, so she wrote, oh, well, 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 it's not that an ordinary person doesn't have the right. But no, I they think don't. the extra problem in Manhattan is that your hypothetical quite appropriately entailed the subways, entail public transit. And there are lots of people on the subways, even at midnight, as I can say from personal experience. And that particular specter of the lot of armed people is an enclosed space is dangerous. Dangerous. Here goes Alito again. <laughs> he goes, right now there are a lot of armed people on the streets right. of New York and in the subways <laughs> late at night. And he wrote, they're walking around the streets, but the ordinary, hardworking, law-abiding people I mentioned, they can't be armed, can they? And she wrote, well, well, I think the subways, there are problems on the subway, and they are being protected by the transit police. Oh, is there a cop on every car? is what happens because of the idea of proliferating arms on the subway is pr pr precisely, I think, what terrifies a great many people. Okay? <laughs> so she's terrified. Me. So now Kavanaugh, he's not happy with this. He taps out Alito, and he comes in and he goes, on the standard of particular to them, I would like to just follow up on another question. Why isn't it good enough to say, I live in a violent area and I want to be able to defend myself? So Miss Underwood says, uh, General Underwood, well, that happens in discretion and whether there's a, mm. a, that's effectively handled. Kavanaugh goes, well, that's a real concern, isn't it? With any constitutional right, if it's the discretion of an individual officer, that seems inconsistent with an objective constitutional right. Mm. Dude, this is a slam dunk. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So Mrs. Underwood wrote, the problem with the shell issue regimes is that they multiply the number of firearms that are being carried in very densely populated places. By law-abiding trained citizens. There is a much higher risk without, without assuming any ill intent on the part of the carriers of weapons.
<laughs> so he asked her, well, what's happening in the other 43 states? Right. Oh. She had no answer. Uh, right. She stuttered. She stuttered until Kagan stepped in. Ladies and gentlemen, in case you don't know it, Kagan is one of the three extreme liberals on the court. This is Kagan. General, you know, one of the things that strikes me about this area is that on one hand, it seems completely intuitive to me, and I think to many people, I mean, if you think about Justice Thomas's question about less populated areas, the rural areas of New York versus the city, I mean, it seems completely intuitive that there should be a different gun regimes in New York, you know, than in Wyoming or where there should be different gun regimes in New York City than in rural counties. Yeah, there but, should. There should be more guns in New York City. <laughs> but she wrote this. She wrote, but but it's hard. It's a hard thing, too, to match with our notion of constitutional rights generally. I mean, Mr. Clement makes a big point of this in his brief about how we would never really dream of doing that for the First Amendment or other constitutional rights mm -hmm. and allow that level of flexibility that you are basically saying we should allow in this context. Wow. Sandy, that's from Kagan. Kagan. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, Kagan hates us <laughs> and is anti-gun, but she yeah. understands it doesn't work this way. Right. So you want Alito comes back in and he goes, we've been presented in your brief and other briefs in this case, with an enormous amount of history, citations to all sorts of statutes. Listen to what he says to the, the, the general right now. Would you be willing to concede that maybe you got a little bit overly enthusiastic in your summary of some of the historical sources <laughs> that you cited in, you, in your brief? She cuts him off and goes, uh, we did our best to be accurate. He oh. goes, I'm going to give you an example in recording what you reported, but I don't know what you have in mind. Uh, Lito wrote, well, I'm going to give you an example, which is, you know, it's troubling to see how you would slip through. I'm not assuming you, you personally, I'm not accusing you personally of anything. <laughs> he goes, but on page 23, you say that the founding era America legal reference guides advise the local officials to arrest all such persons as in your site that shall ride or go armed. And this is a situation uh, citation cited to John Haywood, a manual of the laws of North Carolina was not feasibly correct. So they they tried to throw other shit in yeah. saying no one should carry guns. And he called her out on it and she d d d d d stammered. So then when she was done they they slam dunked her they pinned her and 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 she tapped out they brought in mr fletcher who the meat puppet or the uh, sock puppet as you like to say he's coming in now and saying for the federal government says that we all shouldn't be carrying guns in these seven states and of course right right out of the gate roberts comes in <laughs> I mean, he wrote, what's an appropriate analysis that you're saying it's, there's different context on how the Second Amendment should be handled in, in different areas, asserting your claim with regards to the uh, Constitution? And, and Fletcher basically is, you know, keeps citing Heller and how there should be restrictions. And Roberts was, 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 was having none out of it. He's like, well, I'm not, I'm not sure you're right. I mean, it, regardless of what that right is, it would be surprising to have it depend on a permit system. You can say that the right is limited in a particular way, just as the First Amendment rights are limited. But the idea that you need a license to exercise a right, I think, is unusual in the context of the Bill of Rights. He left, he left Fletcher stammering. He, he didn't have an answer, right? Yeah. And he wrote, I think this illustration, the Second Amendment has a distinct history and tradition, and that the way to be faithful to the Second Amendment is to be faithful to the history and tradition and not draw analogies to other rights with that. This is what Fletcher was saying. And Roberts goes, well, there's, there, there's licensing and then there's licensing. Maybe it's one thing to say we need to, to check, make sure you don't have a criminal record, make sure all that, but... But you can't restrict rights. You can't allow a permitting officer to restrict rights. So basically, they all attacked Fletcher, Alito, Gorsuch, uh, Barrett. Barrett wasn't too impressive as as far as I was concerned on this. But we but, knew she was going to be a little weak. Yeah, but you know, even even Sotomayor stepped in and, and talked a little about it. And again, they went back into the lower courts. Clement came back in. 
and he talked about the lower courts seemed very divided on how to approach Second Amendment questions. Some apply the text and history approach to the challenge before. Others say, yes, text and history is appropriate, but we're not going to extend the Heller right until and unless the court first does so through its own text and history analysis. And others have applied a watered-down version of immediate, uh, um, intermediate and strict scrutiny. So it went back and forth, back and forth. And then Fletcher came in uh, for the close. Uh, uh, not Fletcher. Clement came in. Paul Clement came in for the close. And the two hours ended. But I left energized. And almost everybody that was uh, with us left energized, you know, um, and I got to tell you, um, I feel really good about this. And uh, we'll know in May or June, ladies and gentlemen, what's mm. going on. But if anybody wants, just read it if you like to read or listen to it if you like to listen. But it seemed like the judges, I, I mean, Tom, the justices, Thomas came right out of the gate. And the way the pecking order goes is the chief justice opens it. And then they get to ask questions in, by seniority. And Thomas goes first because he's the senior justice. And then Roberts goes second because he's the chief justice. And then all the other associate justice get to ask questions uh, in order of seniority. And then they get to go back and ask more questions. So you had uh, Paul Clement came up. He had an entire hour to fight for our side. And then you had the general, solicitor general Underwood, that she had a half hour. And then Fletcher for Joe Biden administration had a half hour. And then uh, Clement gets any closing arguments that he wants there. But, wow, I mean, Breyer was way out there. Breyer just anti-gun, you know, talking yeah. about danger. Sotomayor was asking about parallels between the First and Second Amendment. And Kagan slam dunked about how we can't treat civil rights and constitutional rights differently, even though she's anti-gun. And then everybody else, I'm going to give uh, Barrett a 1 to 10. I'm going to give Barrett a 6. I'm going to give uh, Gorsuch an 8. I'm going to give Alito a 10. I'm going to give Roberts a 7. And I'm going to give Thomas a 10. I mean, I was, I was blown away. So now here's the deal. We have to wait and see how they write this brief uh, when they come out with their final ruling in May or June. It's going to take them a while because, remember, any words that they apply is going to have long-lasting. Heller and McDonald is cited constantly in every gun case yeah. for the past 12 years. So the same thing is going to happen with this Bruin case. All we're going to hear for the next 10 or 15 years is Bruin, 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 Bruin. Heller, McDonald, Bruin. Heller, McDonald, Bruin. So the majority opinion has to be written in a way and hopefully with strict scrutiny because I don't know if the Supreme Court, especially Thomas, Thomas is going to want to retire eventually. They're not going to want to address this for a long time. And they're, going, they're tired of getting hit by all of these lower court cases coming out of the Ninth Circuit, Third Circuit, Seventh Circuit, et cetera, et cetera. If they could really ratify a ruling here and send it back down to the lower courts and send all of these other cases, carry cases, 10-round magazine cases, with strict scrutiny, this is a, this is a waterfall for all of us out there yeah this is right. the most important two-way case of most of our lifetimes anybody who's 50 or older listening to me today this is probably the last two-way case you're going to hear in your lifetime that is going to be so important uh for people with the right to life and pro-life people that's this is your case okay that this is this is our gun case this is it so it's important. There's nothing we can do at this point. Nothing can change. Nothing we can do. But I, again, I, I agree with other people. I would like to see Murphy's smug face when the Supreme Court ruling comes down. Even though he won re-election, supposedly, he's going to have to deal with this. So it's going to be nice to to stick it in his arse, so yeah, to speak. absolutely. So that's it. I'm not going to go over learning or any other crap or anything else today. I, uh, you know, I love you all. And again, I have big surprises coming. But... I'm energized after this case, and I'm hoping, you know, the court right now, uh, I was thinking 5-4. Now I'm thinking 6-3 or 7-2. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Kagan was a big was a big surprise. I mean, she's probably going to have to follow, you know, her lines, but I, she might not, Sandy. You know, this could be a big surprise, and I don't care what the legal scholars say at this point. I, I'm just, from my standpoint and from the constitutional standpoint and from the Bill of Rights standpoint— it, this is this is big. This, this is really big for us. And uh, 
I can't believe the line of questioning and the strict scrutiny being discussed. And, you know, uh, I think Underwood, General Underwood, did a horrible job trying to say that you can't carry words densely populated. Who gets to, a permitting officer gets to decide your constitutional <laughs> rights. Hi, so I'd ridiculous. like to speak at a pro-gun rally this week. Uh, sorry, <clears throat> no. Yeah, right. No. Mm. Yeah. But you could issue a permit for a rally. And you could say for public safety, there can be no rally or the rally's limited to so many people. You have to have porta potties or whatever. So applying that to the Second Amendment, you can say, yes, you have the right to carry in New Jersey, but you can't carry in Giant Stadium. You have the right to carry, but you can't carry in a business. Its primary is alcohol. But you could go to a restaurant that also serves alcohol. Virginia does something that way. So, again, we're not asking the Supreme Court to be legislators. We're asking the Supreme Court to identify our God-given constitutional right. Yeah, right. That's where we are. So ended my lesson. I hope all of you loved it. And I look forward to seeing how it progresses and see if I'm right or not. Well. Sandy, plug, plug, plug. Oh, well, we are raising money for uh, disabled veterans and veterans in need of memory care. You can join us by going to GoFundMe.com and search for VHS of Ocean County. VHS of Ocean County is joining with us. They're a 501c3 uh, nonprofit community-based home health care provider and uh, adult daycare provider. And they are willing to take on uh, the vets when nobody else is. So yep. we are raising money because the money has been cut by our illustrious second-term governor. Thank you very much for not coming out to vote, um, uh, Mr. Murphy, and by the federal government uh, where Slow Joe is in charge of the Veterans Administration. So we are asking you guys to join with us and help out these very deserving people and their families. Uh, five bucks, ten bucks, anything you guys can do. We love you guys. Well, it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for High Radio. Gun for High Radio is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, master trainer, Anthony Calandro, and author of Crime Proof, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them at Their Own Game on sale right now at crimeproofbook.com at the range or if you very absolutely have to on Amazon. Uh, but we'd appreciate it if you got it at the range or at crimeproofbook.com. As Anthony says, you cheap bastards. Lazy. Just go and do what you got to do. We love you guys. See you next week. Ant, anything to say? Uh, love you all, and we have plenty of books. No supply chain shortages here. Uh, buy them for your friends, your family, and uh, everybody else you can think of. Love you all, and uh, let's say a little prayer, make a novena, shoot something up to the sky or whatever, uh, that this uh, ruin case uh, goes our way come June or July. Toodaloo! Toodaloo!